listening to Ricardo and Rocio Velasco on the R&R Connection. Hello, 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 and welcome to the R&R Connection. Today is going to be an awesome, awesome show because we have a special guest today, Rocio. Oh, yes, and I'm so excited to have her, and I'm pretty sure you guys are going to enjoy our conversation with her today. Absolutely. Her name is Karen Lynette Watt, a.k.a. Callie Watts. And so she, just so you know a little bit more about her, she's an educator for more than 30 years, uh, that experience that she has in groups of spanning from middle school to all the way to adults. In the capacity that Karen instructs academically, she teaches social emotional learning, which I'm pretty sure we're gonna learn about that today because that's, that's a subject that sounds really interesting, but I don't know much about. Yeah, me either. It's a, it's a, a really interesting uh, concept. So, um, Let's hear about Kelly. Yeah, without further ado, let's give it up for Kelly Watts. Woo! Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm wonderful. And thank you for, for uh, inviting me to have a conversation with you all. Yeah, no, thank you for accepting our uh, invitation. So that's awesome. So, Karen, uh, you and I have worked in the past and we've done some very powerful stuff in the past, uh, uh, communicating and teaching people. And, and it seems like, uh, not seems like, that is a passion of yours. And I've known that since the very first day I met you. Um, but tell me, what, what, what does your background look like? Where, where did all this start? Well... It's uh, teaching is like my family's business mm. because my my parents were teachers and my grandmother was a teacher. And when she started teaching in Jacksonville, she made twenty seven hundred dollars for the year. Wow. wow. So that tells you uh, how long ago she was a teacher, that it would be that that little amount of money. And it's funny, I academically started as a math teacher mm. and I would have kids and math isn't surprisingly math isn't everybody's friend, but they would come to my class and they said, we only came to school for you. Oh, wow. And so to be teaching a subject that, they, you know, that may not be their friend, but then they came to my class cause they wanted to see me nice. because my father said, if you try hard enough, you can find something that's true to compliment people on every day. Oh, wow. And so because of that, because of their influence, it's much more than I, when I, I think about old stories, mm -hmm. I remember those, those things that they said, like my, my granny used to say, if you put apple jelly on it, you can make anything good. <laughs> and she was a math teacher. Oh, wow. uh, she taught math for 40 years, matter of fact, but she always had a relationship with them that her name was Thelma Lucretia Hare Jones. And she always had a relationship with them that they felt special. You know, some people just have that, that unique ability, like my grandmother's did mm -hmm. that, 
you know, you can be in a crowded room, but you feel like you're the only person there with her. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to make sure that when I was young and confused, like a lot of a lot of kids, there was somebody there to stand in the gap for me and help me move forward. And I believe that you give to the universe what you get mm-hmm. from the universe. And I wanted to be that person for some other child that needed it. Wow. And you know, Ricardo was telling me that your background is actually in business. So how did you get, and I understand that you said uh, education comes with the family or from your family, Uh, but how did you get from business, your business degree to education? How does that, how did that happen? Well, when my son was two, I had the exciting opportunity to be a single mother. Mm-hmm. And when you're working in business, you have to work until the work's done. Mm-hmm. There are no set hours. You know, school is from 7.30 to 3.30. Yeah. And then you go home. And I, it was important to me to, one, give my son what I felt like I didn't get. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, an involved parent. Mm-hmm. And two, to be home at a time where I could help him succeed. That was very important to me. And I treat other people like that because my son has had some amazing teachers, amazing, amazing teachers. And I would like to think that that was the universe giving to me what I give to other kids. Okay, wow, really interesting. And now that you mentioned Um, that you wanted to be part of your, you know, son's uh, life and education and everything. I know that one of your passions is to work on that gap that exists between, you know, the parents at home and what you do in the classroom. How, what is your approach to that and, and help us understand a little bit about that? Well, one thing that I do is, and I've, I've, someone taught me how to be a teacher and her Mrs. Glenn, and I will always love her for that because one of the first things you do is you, you develop a relationship with their parents mm-hmm. and you don't just talk about the bad that they do. Cause some teachers only call home when, when something bad is happening, you celebrate their successes you and the parents celebrate their successes. And, you know, because once you get a buy-in with the parents, if their parents are around, every child doesn't even have their parents around them. But if you can get a buy-in with them, I called someone's house and she said nobody ever called her before for Mm -hmm. positives on something he did. Oh, wow. And I just, the parenting The theory of parenting and the reality of parenting are very different. Mm -hmm. Also, every child doesn't grow up with the same set. Everybody needs to feel the same, but everybody doesn't come to the table. Um, It's not set the same way at everybody's table. And so with, with my family growing up, we had all of the material, everything, but I still didn't feel loved. Mm -hmm. 
So I would walk down the street and somebody was there, Mrs. The lady was there for me to have a conversation with, or I would walk to my aunt's house and she was there and they stood there for me. And I can't express how much that meant to me. So I'm giving back. I've, I've been to houses to tell parents that their son or daughter was going to be a parent. I've been to houses um, when they said, Miss Watts, can you just please come over? I need to have a conversation with my mom. And I was like, well, why would you want me to be in a conversation with your mom? Because you listen. Wow. And if, if you're there, she'll listen too. Gotcha. Wow, that's yeah. impactful. Yeah, and, and I'm pretty sure the, the way that you made them feel was the reason why they wanted you to be part of that conversation, probably a difficult conversation with her. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I can see why it is so important for you that um, to define that gap between parents and, and teachers. Yeah, and, and a lot of times what happens too is that once they get seven, there's no more parenting information. Well, you know, there's no manual on how to be a parent. So, and you can't give what you don't have. True. So it's important for, for them to know that somebody, you know, I'm, I'm learning too, like everybody is, you know, nothing, nothing and no one's perfect. You know, it's a work in progress, but as long as you have the information to share, it's selfish not to share it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Karen, what keeps your motivation? I mean, not everyone is up for having these conversations with these kids or going to their home or even picking up that phone and, and to share something positive of their kids. And that's, that's uh, to me, that's unique. That's not very common. So why do you do that? Why, what keeps you doing that? I go in, even when I'm, I feel like, okay, I don't want to do this today. You cannot sit in that classroom for 10 minutes without somebody doing something to raise your spirit. Mm. Kids are like that. They just need an opportunity. And the reason that I was talking about um, my programs with parenting and adulting mm -hmm. is because I want to give students options that they, they don't know they have because a lot of times the adults that are teaching them don't, don't know they're out there or they, they're not taking the time to study. Um, my grandmothers, both of them in their own rights, were the person that stood in the gap for other children, mm. you know? And one day I was getting out of my car and going into work. And I said to myself, it's time for you to be who you're supposed to be. Mm. Because my grandmothers were these iconic figures in their community. And they, they named a road after my grandma here. Wow. Um, and my, my granny in Jacksonville, they named one of the Sunday school classes has her name on it forever. Oh, wow. You know, and, and community and church and 
all of those different things is so much a part of who I am. My, my father was the first black instructor at Broward College, Central Campus, period. Wow. Yeah, so you know, at some point you just gotta say, okay, I give up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but I would say, Karen, that mostly, uh, it, it mostly has to do with the way God wired you to be. That's you, that's why you go to work, even though you probably are going through different things personally. You give 100% and your motivation is what you just mentioned, giving back, giving back yeah. to the kids that you're teaching, finding the good in them, right? Absolutely. I, I love it. I love that motivation. And I wish that, you know, um, our conversation today can inspire other teachers and other mentors to do the same, to come out of your, maybe your uh, own situation and just mm -hmm. give, give back. Well, you know, if... If we stop making plans, God will take us to where we're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. The reason a lot of times we don't get there is because we think we know how to, you know, okay, thank you, but now I got this. Right. And right. when I was, I have a business degree, as you mentioned, and I was going to do that and make all the money in the world, but God had other plans mm -hmm. and I'm happier now than I'm sure I would have been sitting in somebody's cubicle. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a people person and I, I like to see, I like to cook because I like to see people enjoying my food, oh. <laughs> right? That is the best thing for me. And that's how I feel about, about teaching, mm -hmm. regardless of the subject matter, whether it's strictly academics or like you mentioned, the social emotional learning, mm -hmm. um, once they get it, the look on their faces, oh. you know, so, or they can make a connection. Gotcha. You mentioned social emotional learning. I want to have that look on my face. Yes. Help me, okay. <laughs> help me understand what that means. What is that? Uh, that's fairly new, isn't it? Well, the concept, the name is fairly new. Got it. The concepts have just been recycled. And so you, you pull them out and you polish them off and you call them a new name. But the lady I mentioned who taught me how to be a teacher, mm -hmm. she was doing this in the nineties. She was, it was just another name. So I teach a peer counseling. In addition to teaching math, I teach a peer counseling class. Peer counseling is all about the social emotional learning. It is about how do how do I recognize in myself when I'm sad and how do I, how do I express it positively? And, you know, if I, if everything isn't going to be roses, but you need to have some coping skills. And so you move from doing, doing you first and then doing the community. So how do I get along in a group? And I've been teaching that's what I'm saying. It's been around a long time. Since the 90s, I've been teaching peer counsel in addition to teaching math. Okay. Wow. And what got you into that, on that path of, what is it, S-E-L? So before it had that name, mm -hmm. you know, that was just, you're going to love them through it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mentioned math isn't everybody's favorite. I don't know why, but it's not. So if you let them know, and I started doing this little by little, right? Mm-hmm. If you start letting them know how much you care about them, they'll do anything for you. Mm-hmm. It's like tricking them into, into learning, gotcha. you know, because, well, I know Miss Watts is going to send my mom this email that says congratulations and yay and all of the, the little the little emojis now mm-hmm. that they make uh, emoji. So I do a lot of that, but I, I'm a, a feeling teacher, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yes. I want them to know how much I love them. And I go in and I have them saying, uh, I have a agape love for you. And um, That's sweet. tell me, other teachers tell me they can tell who was mine uh-huh. because of the change in their vocabulary. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So I called everybody, sir. Mm-hmm. I, or, well, there are no girls, but I called them when I would go downstairs with the little girls, ma'am. But I've always done that. And at first I had them say, why do you call me, sir? <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm just giving you respect. Mm. So now they call each other, sir and ma'am. That's oh, wow. awesome. Yeah, isn't that cool? Very. So that's that's what they were saying about they can tell who's mad. And let me ask you, why do you think it, tell me about the importance of social emotional learning right now? Because Ricardo and I, one of the topics that we uh, are most passionate about is mm-hmm. uh, finding your purpose and what emotional intelligence is. But social emotional learning is something that, okay, together, tell us a little bit more. Well, one of the biggest issues that I see right now is that people aren't kind to each other. Mm -hmm. And that causes a whole array of problems. You know, it's how you say it. You know, like I was saying about the boy and I calling him sir. It's, they don't even expect to be treated any differently Mm -hmm. and what's happening is that you have all of these little camps all of these different personalities going out and they don't know how to relate to each other that's where the social emotional learning because i can teach my personal child i can give him all of this pour all of this love into him but he's got to go out in a world with other people's children yes who might not be pouring into their children what I poured into mine. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about the emotional learning, we have to know how to deal with our emotions in a group. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the biggest focus with social emotional learning. How do we deal with, with the group? Oh, wow. I like that the way that you put it now, because it sounds simple in the sense for us to understand. Because when you hear the concept, it's like, okay, what am I talking about? But now I understand is how my emotions behave together with a group, right? Yes. Made to the group. True. And then one, one thing comes to my mind is that COVID has changed everything. Yes. You know, from one day to another, literally. Yes. So how do you sit in a group or how do you teach these kids or young adults or any group for that matter, how 
to accept this change and, and to continue to um, work as a group versus being forced into isolation, which just happened with COVID? Yes. And the one of the biggest things with us teaching on Zoom, because I do Zoom all day, every day. And one of the biggest challenges with Zoom is just like you said, how do you, you get them in a group? Well, the presenter that I have come in two days a week for this peer counseling class, he's on Zoom. Mm. And so your lessons have to be shaped so that it can include everybody. So he would do, we would do movie reviews, you know, short film reviews on the different, uh, different social skills. Mm -hmm. So we did one on bullying. We did, that's not a skill, but we did a topic on bullying. We did uh, a topic on depression. Mm -hmm. We did, and what I have them do is I have them, we all look at the, the video together and then I, went down and I got the criteria that they have to grade the film by. Mm -hmm. Then I put them in the groups and they have to present to each other how they reviewed the movie and the strong points and the weak points and the, I mean, down to the scenery, everything. Right. I try to, to make it as detail rich as possible mm -hmm. so that it'll, it'll pull something out of them because everybody has their own skill set. So, uh, you might be really good at, at making uh, PowerPoints. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Somebody else is really good at researching. Somebody else will be the presenter. Mm -hmm. Somebody was the movie critic, and then you all discussed it. And, you know, I just trial and error, and thank goodness I've been a teacher long enough to learn what works with kids, mm -hmm. because right now, do you know that they have the they have uh, beginning teachers who've never worked with real live kids. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, they don't even, every place does not have a mandatory uh, internship mm -hmm. program for the teachers anymore. Isn't that crazy? How are you going to teach kids if you don't teach kids? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. And I love the way you make it work with Zoom because not, you know, not everybody uh, has that ability and, and the classes might may seem uh, personal, right? Very unpersonal. Yeah, so I love it. I love it. And and now that we go, we went through what your uh, calling is, your passion and what you're doing with the kids currently, we know that you have a company uh, and the name of the company is Life Defined Inc. Inc. Tell mm -hmm. us a little bit how your, your purpose, your calling, um, transition to this, the creation of this company. I wanted to give the, the, that gap period between them not being seven anymore mm -hmm. and them being 18, because that's ignored. You know, they love the little kids and you then they want you to be this adult at 18, but you didn't give them the, the skill set they need to get from there to there. And having worked in different places and seeing different kids, they all have one thing in common. 
they all need to be accountable mm -hmm. because that's, you know, accountability is not necessarily a negative thing, but if you do this, this will happen, good or bad, you know? Mm -hmm. So when they come into my classroom, I would tell them, this is what you have to do to get an A, to get a B, to get a C. Mm -hmm. And if you do these things, you're going to have that grade. If you don't do them, you're not. And so, you know, I tell them all the time, I'll laugh and joke with you every day, but I'll fail you. <laughs> and <laughs> they know that about me. But because I'm the same with everybody, they take it from me because I've asked them, I said, you know, they might have an issue with the teacher. I said, well, I say that to you all the time. Yeah, but you don't mean it. Mm. It's because I'm putting some apple jelly on it. <laughs> so they take it from me. Got it. Yes, yes. Oh, we love it. We love it. And I'm so glad that you uh, accepted our, our invitation to, to speak with us, especially because I'm pretty sure a lot of people are not uh, really familiar with the uh, social emotional learning mm -hmm. and knowing a little bit about that and about your company, about your purpose, it has been wonderful. Yes. So Thank you so much. Karen, any last thoughts? I want people just to take a moment and sit down and think about what do you really love to do? What would you do? You know, you sound so cliche, but what would you do if you didn't get paid for it? Mm. What would that be? And then see if you can develop strategies for that person. Nice. You know, not the person that you are today. The circumstances are fluid. Mm -hmm. But you want to know who you are, like, like the life defined came up so easily because I've been doing it my whole adult life. Mm -hmm. I just didn't define it for myself that way. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yes. So I, I, I just want to leave people with that. You know, who do you really want to be? And it has nothing to do with your job or where you live or who are you? Who is the essence of you? Nice. Wow. Powerful. I love it. Thank you, Karen. That was Thank amazing. you. All right, Karen. Um, We've been blessed to have you on our on our podcast. We thank you from the bottom of our heart and thank you for enlightening us on, on new subjects and and to really follow your passion and discover who you really are, just like you just mentioned. So thanks once again from uh, on behalf of Rocio and myself and everyone out there. Uh, hopefully you get inspired to see who you really are, to follow your dreams to continue to follow your passion and never forget that together we can discover your God-given greatness. And Colonel Sanders was 66 when he started Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. Yes. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.